You're listening to Sean Yondo's Penis Posse here on Measure Action Radio. I've hidden everything under the file cabinet. Then I even, my mother's always like thinking up projects. She's like, we're going to go through, you because I, I have too many clothes. I have like a whole dresser that's just t-shirts and I have and she's like we're gonna go through your closet and get stuff for goodwill and you know she'll nag me till we do this while we're here it'll be one of those things I won't get any work done because anytime there's any free time she'll be going let's go through and clean out the closet or let's do this let's do that <laughs> so then I had to I had to dig out and find my Resurrection t-shirt and I hid that in the file cabinet too oh <laughs> so in the event we get this whole fashion show thing going on which, which happens about once a year where I'm putting on and off t-shirts and deciding what fits and what doesn't and giving what to my father and, and my luck you know it, it won't fit right and she'll go let's give that one to your father you know and then my father will be walking around wearing the Resurrection shirt Something? No, what? I had a wet dream last night. Wet dream? What's that? Oh, you know, the sperm comes out of your penis. Sperm? Yeah, sort of a sticky stuff. Guy's part of a baby. Didn't your brother ever tell you about that? No, he never says much about anything. So that means you can start a baby. Episode of Measurection Radio. This is episode number 25. This is Joshua Tyler, president of Measurection.com, and once again I'm sitting in the host chair. Joining me tonight is a shorter than usual penis posse. Alan, our vice president of operations, joins us from Virginia Beach. Welcome back, Alan. Hello, good to be back. We missed you last week. I missed you guys as well. And we have Diane, our girl talk goddess from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Hello, Diane. Hello, Josh. How you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. Great. And let's see, Michael, our Measure Action Radio intern, had a little computer issue, and he sort of was at the last minute trying to rebuild his computer and get that done and online before the show, but wasn't able to do that. So, Michael, we miss you. We'll see you back next week. Yep. And then uh, Sean, our normal host and founder of Measure Action, was not able to join us tonight. Uh, I posted on our site a week or so ago that Sean has taken over the show editing duties from me, and let me tell you, I am the first one to jump in line and be amazed with how well he is doing at this. He's really gotten a knack for pulling this mess of jumble and stutters and stammers that we record into something that sounds actually coherent. Mm -hmm. Sean has decided to step down as Measurection Radio host and move into the role of Measurection Radio producer and editor. Now, many of you may not realize, but the producing, show prep, and editing of the show is where all the real work is. Mm -hmm. Us showing up and talking for an hour or so is the easy part. Producing, prepping, and editing is easily a a 30-hour-a-week job or more, and this I know from experience. And uh, he's really taking a shine to this role, and I think he's prepared to have some fun with it. Uh, As you also may recall, Sean's parents recently returned to stay with him, and he's struggled to find a private place in which to lead the penis posse. And while he's had success at broadcasting to you every week from Studio T, which is his bathroom. T for toilet, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, Studio <laughs> Toilet. The, uh, the environment's not quite optimal for his regular participation right now. But don't worry, Sean will periodically join us as part of the posse. And he has some ideas for man-on-the-street type bits, as well as some uh, location interviews with special guests, doctors, and, and some uh, penis industry-related people he wants to talk to. So Penis cool. industry? Penis industry, you know, (laughs) penile doctors and whatever. He's got some tricks up his sleeve. So stay tuned for some of those new and exciting ideas from Sean. Sean, we miss you. (laughs) Your script says existing ideas from Sean. What's that? (laughs) Tune in for some new and existing ideas from Sean. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, Sean didn't do the script this week. I still did the script, and it says, yes, stay tuned for some new and existing ideas from Sean. What I really meant is he's going to steal somebody else's ideas. They already exist, and he's going to use them from somewhere else. That's cool. We're down oh, I that. thought you meant new and exciting ideas, but... That's what I said, oh, and that's yeah. what I did mean. Oh. <laughs> and then that's Diane realized it. I said it right, but then she realized it was wrong yes. in the script. Read what I meant, Sean not what I wrote. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, that'll be Sean's problem to fix that next week. So, And uh, actually, between you, me, and the lamppost, I think he's stepping down as host for a different reason. Yeah. We know he's edited just a few shows so far. <laughs> so far, he hasn't edited any shows in which he has participated. So I've done a fair number of these shows, and let me, you know, and you all heard the Perky Pig bit that we did a few shows ago. Mm-hmm. I think he's stepping down just so he doesn't have to edit himself. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't have time to put together a full virtual Sean, but I think, you know, before the next show I'll need to pull together a true virtual Sean. You know, right now Absolutely. I've just got some, uh, you know, I've got my little... Now, I don't know how this works, but... You know, I got a few little Sean clips, not quite a virtual Sean. Well, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is, the, you know, I think I'm on to something. That's a good one. So, that's a good one. <laughs> Let's see, what else I got? Well, it's a little measure, it's a little erection, it's a little resurrection, you know. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I just peed on myself. Okay. <laughs> we'll find some better virtual Sean for next week. <laughs> To participate on Measurection Radio, you can call our dick phone. The toll-free number in the U.S. and Canada is 1-877-922-DICK. That's 1-877-922-3425. Or you can email us at radio at measurection.com or visit us on the web at www.measurection.com slash radio. Check us out on Tuesday nights at radiogay.ca, a great internet-based radio station up here in my neck of the woods. Check their program schedule for showtimes. On today's show, we're going to be discussing wet dreams. When was your first one? Do you still get them? What causes them? And uh, my personal question is, do women get them? Stay tuned for that later in the show. I think we'll get Diane Twitter painted before the night's done. (laughs) If we're all lucky. Hey, I'm up for that. (laughs) We got the potential. Hey, Diane, I got my candy that you sent. Did you? I did. Diane sent, I think she sent one to everybody. But they're called, uh, it's Canadian candy, and they're called Smarties A. And they look like... uh, Wait a minute. Do you have Smarties down there? No. Not like this. Smarties are like a little, um, they're in a little tube, and they're like sweet and sour candies that dissolve in your mouth. These are like M&Ms. Oh, okay. See, that's not what our candy normally, that's not what our Smarties look like. I need to now send you a regular Smarties box. That's a special edition Smarties box. I know it's like it's got like red foil, and they they say Smarties A, and they're red and white, and they've got the Canadian, as Sean would say, that Canadian maple leaf, which is kind of like the Adidas logo. You know that they branded the countries branded it everywhere that they could. It's on. It's even on the side of these knockoff M and M's. I guess they're not quite knockoffs. They're made by uh, Smarties. Nestle, are way better than M and M's. Way better than I know. And they got the English and the French and the special edition and edition special on the side. <laughs> and all the candies are either red or white. Yeah. And the the side of the box says, eat the red ones last, eh? <laughs> and it says it in French. So I saved mine to eat during the show. Now, when I planned to do this, yeah, this, this could be bad because when I planned to do this, um, I wasn't going to be host. And now I'm host. And, and you got to chew. We know what happened when Sean uh, ate. Now, I'm trying to open the side of the... There's a special flap on the side that... I got to send you all a, a real box of Smarties. A real so box of Smarties. Yeah, Smarties. The Smarties have a, a neat feature where you you peel back part of the box and you can sort of, sort of dole out two or three at a time without opening the end of the box. Well, That's pretty neat. That would be useless to me because I like them by the handful. <laughs> there used to be a song, the red one. The, the, the oh, you're gonna make me sing, aren't you? Yeah, sing it. Okay, when you eat your smarties, do you eat the red ones last? Do you suck them very slowly or crunch them very fast? Um, it's a candy coated chocolate. <laughs> so tell me when I ask, when you eat your smarties, do you eat the red ones last? So that's why it says eat the red ones <laughs> exactly. last on the side. That was that was a commercial when I was a kid. <laughs> I got two. Very I'm good. eating white ones right now. What do you think of them? They're good. Aren't they? They are a lot like M&Ms, except they're by Nestle, so the chocolate tastes a little different. I think they're way better than M&Ms. But then again, your M&Ms could be different than ours. 
Oh, maybe we'll have to send you some American M&Ms. I didn't know that we had anything that was different. Otherwise, we'll have to send you we'll have to do a, a candy trade. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. <laughs> have you heard of this? I don't no? know if I should continue okay. eating because, you know, Sean had that pizza incident when he ate. That was a bad thing. You know, that was bad. I want to choke on a Smarty. <laughs> there was a whole clip show with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't make me laugh now while I'm eating my Smarties. But in Canada, you can also get uh, jelly babies. Jelly babies? Which we can't get in the States. Yes. Huh. Jelly which, babies? Jelly babies. It's actually a British candy, but it's available in Canada. It's the candy that uh, the fifth doctor on Doctor Who used to carry around in a little uh, brown paper bag and offer to everybody on whatever weird planets he was on. Are you talking about those little bitty bitty ones that taste like perfume? Uh, could be. What does perfume taste like? They're sort of a, they're sort of a waxy, <laughs> and they're shaped like a no. bit little ba- little tiny baby. No, no. Huh. Are you talking about, no, not gummy bears. No, no, no. This, this is not a, it's it's not like a like a gummy bear. It's not a gummy candy. Okay. Um, its texture is almost more like candy corn. Okay, okay, okay. God, I hate that stuff. <laughs> candy corn. And it doesn't taste like candy corn because the flavors are, are very different than candy corn flavor. Right. But that's sort of the texture. Okay. And it's shaped like a little baby. I've never seen it. And if you're a Doctor Who fan, you've. You know what jelly babies are. Yeah. Uh, no, so obviously, I am not a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> Neither am I, but I'll take these Smarties. Yeah, I took a picture with my camera phone of the Smarties box, and we'll put it in the show notes so everybody can see what I'm, what I'm eating right and what Diane sent. And you know, when I got them, I had other people in the car, and I didn't open them because I had this, I've seen in a catalog or on the internet, penis candies, or, you know, and I just thought, I wonder what Diane's sending me, and I <laughs> don't want to rip this open in the middle of other people just in case just it's something. Just in case. Case it's something she used to sell in her sex store. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. She probably had that candy by the counter. You know the candy I'm talking about? I think there's like little chocolate candy penises. Or oh something. God! There's suckers. There's there's pasta. There's penis pasta. There's but they definitely pasta. they made you know they made the noise like um, like M and M's or can you know something like well yeah. like, no, it's a candy coated chocolate. Yeah, that's so good. Well, thank you, Diane. When you smallest, do you eat the red ones last? <laughs> Diane Solo. And it's April Fool's Day. Oh, that's and right. That makes us all when fools. This, shit, you know this show gets released. Do you know yes. what? You know what? That's what? my what? April 1st is my 1 year anniversary of not smoking. Terrific. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That is good. Doesn't seem like it's been a whole year. That's a better use for that since you told us you were quitting. A whole year. That's great. Wow. That is really great. Aww, thank you. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm rather proud of myself. This is my second <clears throat> time doing it. <laughs> Last this time one's gonna I started stick. smoking again when when I was at 13 months, and then I smoked for 14 months, and then I quit again, mm. and it's been a year now, and I'll never go you back. You can do it this time. Good for you. I'll never go back because now I really know the difference between what the smoke mm. does to me versus not. Having been smoke-free for over a year, I really right. felt the weight on my chest and, and my lung capacity go down, and it was awful. Well, good for you. Well, and it's really funny how when I quit, that yeah, that yeah, cough yeah. that was never a smoker's hack went yes. away. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't cough. I never get sick. I don't get the colds that I used to. My immune system is up. It's all good. Well, good for you. Yay. A few weeks ago, we were talking about Mike Hip at podcastsoup.net, oh, yeah. and we were talking about where he got the idea for the name podcastsoup.net and what the butt naked candle from Soy Candles by Phoebes smelled like. That's what you wanted to know. Yeah, I was really curious. <laughs> and uh, in his latest review, he answered. He says, "Shout out for podcastsoup.net. Thank you, Josh. Josh is perfectly correct in that I did get the idea for the site from the Talk Soup show on E back in the late '90s." Shout out for Soy Candles by Phoebes. Thank you again, Josh. Butt Naked is a fresh and clean smell. A tiny top note of citrus. John M., the other half of Soy Candles by Phoebes, says it smells like you've been out in the sun. Oh, I love that scent. I got to order yeah. that one. Yeah. Very good. And you know, we were talking uh, earlier about how good a job Sean is doing on the uh, editing of these shows. And right. Tom, one of our regulars on MeasureAction.com, posted a message on the podcast forum in response to Sean's latest editing job on our Pump Up the Volume show and said, Excellent job, Sean. Diane's mom was cool. Just before she <laughs> ended, she was downright hot sounding. Watch out, Bronx Bombshell. She's competition. 
As you may recall, Bronx Bombshell is a phone sex operator. Diane, Tom thinks your mom sounds like a phone sex operator, too. <laughs> Do you know what the funny thing is? Is my sister and I, of course, are driving to work in the morning and we're listening to the show. And she comes on and we go, who's that? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even recognize her voice. Because we speak Fifi to each other, as my sister calls it. Where it's, I'm not going to do it. I already sang. It's enough humiliation for one No, show. what What did you say? You, you, you speak what? Fifi. Oh, I'm very curious. You have to do it. <laughs> well, it's like how we talk to our dogs. Hello. Hello, Phoebe. How's the babies? Hello. Oh, it's nice to see you. Oh, is it? See, my dog just jumped up. Hello, mommy. Hello. Here it is. I'm here. You can pet me. Yeah, so that's speaking Fifi, and that's how my mom talks to me. So okay, when- editing note for for Sean: we're extracting that whole thing as the new generation of virtual Diane, right there. Don't. I do have it. to tell you though, <laughs> Diane, when you're, that's not- when you're when I first heard the clip of your mother, Diane, yeah, the thought that went through my mind is, oh my God, we've been caught. One of yes, our mothers has caught busted. us. I know. Well, Michael said his his mother listened to the Virginity Show. (laughs) I knew my mom listened. My mom told me that she listens. It's all good for me. But I just couldn't figure out who the hell that chick was. (laughs) Too funny. Well, now we know where Diane gets it from. Yeah. Now I know where I get it from. Well, I guess we should get ourselves in the news. We got a lot of news this week. Yeah, we We do. We all got news. Venture Extra Radio presents Penis and Sex News with this week's top stories from the Penis Bossy, Joshua Tyler, and Alan G. And Diane Steele. <laughs> don't, don't. Okay, we're working. Tim from Radio Gay has done more promos for us, and he's trying to do every combination of them. And this week we happen to need one from all three of us, so don't have that yet. Lots of news. Lots of news. There's been a lot of penises getting cut off this week, mutilated, all sorts of weird news. The uh, the first is out of New Zealand. A former New Zealand student who set his penis aflame in order to win a $1,000 pub promotion has been awarded a dubious world honor. Nearly seven years ago, Thomas Hendry's bizarre feat has gained a special mention in the Darwin Awards, recognizing those who have improved the human gene pool by leaving it. Oh, I love them. <laughs> Yeah, the Darwin Awards. To qualify for the Cult Status Awards, nominees must have lost their reproductive capacity by killing or sterilizing themselves. <laughs> I am still genuinely surprised at the stir it did create. I didn't think it was that big a deal at the time, Henry said. In 1999, as a cash-strapped 23-year-old computer trainee, Hendry came up with a zany idea to outdo his rivals at the How Far Will You Go promotion at a tavern in central New Zealand. Oh, right. Have you heard about this? He stapled his penis to a crucifix, poured cigarette lighter fluid over it, and set it ablaze before a stunned crowd, including his mother. Uh Hendry won $500 cash and an equivalent bar tab and worldwide infamy. He went to the Free Students Medical Center the next day and had his burnt and bruised member dressed. The act made headlines in the press. The police stepped in and the pub lost its license for a week. (laughs) Television New Zealand was hauled before Broadcasting Standards Authority after a show did a reenactment of the event. Henry's only regret was that he did not get live footage of the winning act or even decent photographs. He had been inspired by an earlier contestant who pierced his penis's foreskin with a safety pin. Good lord. I thought I could do better than that, Henry said. Fortifying himself with a bottle of wine, Henry took a white pine crucifix and with an industrial stapler oh my pumped God. 18 staples, 18, into his scrotum and foreskin. <laughs> Henry earned a total of $2,600 for his efforts, including royalties from the reenactment and photos. Someone paid royalties to reenact this. <laughs> What do you think, But was the notoriety (laughs) worth the pain? Absolutely, he says. It's a fun story to have up your sleeve, Henry said. I usually keep quiet about it at work when I've got a new job, but eventually something leaks out, or I might let it slip to someone accidentally on purpose, just for fun. It's not something I've dropped into any dinner conversations (laughs) with girlfriend's parents or anything like that. You have to pick your moment for sure. So, nine years, let's see, nine years, seven years. Seven years later, he's awarded the Darwin Award. Good Lord. Let's see, and then uh, from... uh, Reuters, or Reuters, an Israeli court sentenced a man to two years in prison on Sunday for operating a fake clinic that offered penis enhancements and so-called medical treatments to make people taller, which, of course, failed to work. 
Simon Sofer told dozens of clients that he was a doctor and said he could add up to 10 centimeters, 3.9 inches, to their height, or 6 centimeters, 2.4 inches, to their genitals, the Tel Aviv court said. His clinic, in operation since 99, was not medically supervised. Uh, he precharged patients 5,250 and 16,000 shekels to increase their height with a Russian-made treatment method. He told the court genitalia enlargements were not performed despite advertisements that promised them. People who sought to become taller were suspended from the air by their arms and legs or had their bodies stretched with weights. Others were poked with needles and given food supplements and exercises to perform at home. The court said that Sofer had endangered the health of his clients and that none had received their expected results. The judge sentenced him to two years in jail, taking into account he had no criminal record and that he lives with his mother, who supports him financially. <laughs> wow. So, so this guy's promising penis enlargements. And uh, and then we had a couple of, uh, I don't, I was almost said beheadings, but be penising. Oh, no. <laughs> the uh, man, let's see, this was uh, St. Patrick's Day. A man cuts off his penis in romantic despair. Following difficulties with his girlfriend in Poland... A Chicago man went on a rampage, smashing car windows and severing his own penis. Six or seven police officers confronted Jacob Fick at his home after receiving reports Wednesday morning. Fick allegedly hurled several knives and his severed member at the officers. <laughs> About ten feet from the front porch, right on the sidewalk, was his penis, said Chicago Police Sergeant Edward Dolan. Officers stunned Fick with a taser and took him into custody. He was charged with two counts of aggravated assault and one count of criminal damage to property, said Officer Laura Kubrick. <laughs> Do you get criminal damage to property for severing your penis, or was that what he did to the cars? Doctors at Northwestern Memorial Hospital reattached Fick's penis. Dr. Greg Bales, associate professor of urology at the University of Chicago, said that although, that although operations to reattach penises are rare, they are usually successful if done within a few hours. Wow. Why anyone would bobatize himself, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> and then there was a, a, an incident with a penis and a dog. A, like I said, it was a, it was a good news week for penises. Here we go with bestiality again. Bestiality again. Well, a German man who was playing with his brother's Jack Russell was hospitalized after the dog sunk its teeth into his penis. Daniel Dietmeyer said the dog nearly bit it off, and after his brother's girlfriend told it to attack as a joke. He is demanding substantial damages, saying the woman did not even help him as he lay on the floor in agony after beating off the dog because she had collapsed on the floor laughing. Oh, no. How bad is that? Well, that's what happens when you beat off a dog. <sighs> yes, I'm <laughs> We're back in the bestiality again. How do we keep going there? <laughs> oh, that's all I've got. I know you guys got some. Well, so, okay, since earlier we were talking about our Pump Up the Volume show in which we discussed ejaculate volume, I found this story. Sperm to the rescue. <laughs> Romanian factory workers donate sperm in order to save their factory from going bankrupt. Apparently, sperm is one of the most valuable commodities that is also in great demand on the market in this South European country. Besides, the workers of this ex-socialist country possess nothing else aside from it. According to a spokesman of the Kampalung factory which manufactures 4x4s, the facility owes creditors a little over 12 million U.S. dollars. Yikes. A sperm bank located just around the corner from the car manufacturing facility pays $32 per ejaculation. Ooh. The workers, after hearing about this remarkable opportunity, rush to the sperm bank to donate their sperm in order to pay back the creditors. One of the union leaders stated the following to the Sun newspaper. Judging by our technical economic plan, it turns out that if 1,000 workers will donate their sperm regularly, in the course of two to three months, we will be able to collect enough financial means to pay off the debt in its entirety. <laughs> in the meantime, it's very rewarding to observe young workers trying to do their best to save this facility, along with all the working <laughs> personnel here. Yeah, it's a, it's rewarding to watch the men beat off in the yes. in a cup. It's it's <laughs> a tough job, but somebody's got to save it. <laughs> and I like that it's their uh, it's their technical economic plan includes this. <laughs> I'm thinking of a new SOS sponsorship method for a measure action. <laughs> Donate your sperm. Go take one You're for the rich. team. Uh, Pictures at eleven. Uh, yes, <laughs> my first story is from Germany, where a 36 year old businessman Oliver Goth is behind the company Lebenslust, which means lust for life. 
which has invented a system to make personalized condoms that are anatomically designed to fit each penis perfectly. Ooh, ooh, like those earplugs. Using a machine that measures each member to produce a unique 3D computer image, Lubin's Lust then lets its customer choose the thickness of the condom and add extra details as well. Gotha said, These condoms will fit so well you'll hardly notice you're wearing one. We can make them wafer thin or fist thick and even engrave them with your signature wrapped around the base. The service, <laughs> the service will cost just over $1,050 U.S. for a large and as yet unspecified number of condoms. It better be. Gotha insists the price is worth it as his condoms are both comfier and safer. Wow. All right. Fist thick. Did it say fist thick? Yes. <laughs> he could get. You could really have like a one-inch diameter penis, and you could, you know, have a foot diameter. You need some kind of machine to move it around. You feel a damn yeah. thing, though. <laughs> Not good. And uh, my second story goes back to uh, Eastern Europe, near where Diane's story came from. This one's from the Ukraine, where uh, former Prime Minister Julia Timoshenko, who happens also to be a billionaire former businesswoman. Shot to fame as one of the faces of the Orange Revolution in the Ukraine in 2004. But recently, she's made the surprising assertion that her country's men and women are not having enough sex. (laughs) Speaking at an election address for her new political party, she urged the crowd to start working on reversing the country's demographic decline. She said, quote, I urge all Ukrainians to take immediate action to help raise population numbers. Go straight home and work on it. Close quote. Straight home and work on it. I can't say George Bush. I can't see George Bush saying no. that. <laughs> I don't want to see Stephen Harper saying that. Aloha, this is Jason calling from Honolulu. You're listening to the best and the biggest little community on the web, Resurrection Radio on Resurrection.com. Ever wonder what some of those dead celebrities and ex-politicians might have said on topical issues? Look no further. You've just clicked on to Second Impressions. Topical, irreverent, even educational, but never irrelevant. Check out this classic nugget from our new feature program and your Catherine Hepburn sharing her second impressions with former President Bill Clinton on his bypass surgery. Coming soon exclusively to RadioGay.ca. It must be a burden having such, such a such a dedicated wife, of t- t- you know, who hasn't been able to be there to comfort you, as it were, through your time of need, to give you that hand up, as it were. That's why they made interns. Well, there's a, there's a lot of nurses here that are taking real good care of me. I'm sure they are. I hope that they have the sense to send the dress directly to the laundry. Catherine Hepburn sharing her second impressions with former President Bill Clinton. Remember, just because you don't do anything anymore doesn't mean you still don't have an opinion. Topical, irreverent, even educational, but never irrelevant. Always walking that fine, libelous line, Second Impressions, a new satirical and topical fake news program produced on Canada's West Coast with your host, Carrie Grant. Coming soon exclusively to RadioGay.ca. Okay, today we are discussing wet dreams. Uh, when was your first one? Do you still get them? What causes them? And do women get them? That was my big question. <laughs> well, would you like to hear what Wikipedia has to say about all this? Yeah, give us the uh, the skinny on the definition. Okay, so nocturnal emissions are most common during teenage and early adult years. However, nocturnal emissions may happen any time after puberty, not just adolescence and early adulthood. They may or may not be accompanied by erotic dreams. Some males will wake during the ejaculation, while others will sleep through the event. The source of nocturnal emissions is not known. A common theory, tacitly assumed by many researchers, is that they are the direct result of the stimulation caused by either erotic dreams or memories of waking sexual activities. For this reason, the term wet dream is also used figuratively for something very pleasurable but often imagined or hoped for. However, there has been little experimental evidence to support this theory, and many men claim to have had nocturnal emissions without accompanying erotic dreams. Another common theory is that wet dreams are the way the body disposes of built-up semen to make room for more. However, the body does not, in fact, need to do this, as is evident from the many men who ejaculate only on rare occasions. 
The frequency of nocturnal emissions is highly variable. Some men have experienced large numbers of nocturnal emissions as teenagers, while some men have never experienced one in their lives. Men who experience wet dreams more or less frequently than others usually do not have any sort of disease or problem. Some have them only at a certain age, while others have them throughout their lives following puberty. Contrary to popular belief, the frequency that one has nocturnal emissions has not been conclusively linked to one's frequency of masturbation. Although widely known sex researcher Alfred Kinsey controversially claimed that correlation exists. Although purported treatments to help prevent or diminish nocturnal emissions are available in abundance, none are known to have undergone any kind of rigorous experimentation or approval process such as that required by the Food and Drug Administration. Like the hiccups, there are a huge variety of home remedies with no scientific basis. Moreover, because no physical harm is caused by the act, and it is not symptomatic of any underlying problem, it is generally considered unadvisable to undergo any sort of treatment except in cases of severe psychological trauma. I just peed on myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not pee. <laughs> oh, a different kind of wet dream. <laughs> Boy, I'm trying to think of the last time I had one. I mean, I had to have been 16 or 17. Really? I've not had one as an adult. My husband has them. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Not often. Maybe maybe once a year, once every couple of years. He's he's had maybe five in the time we've been together. We've been together ten years. Does he wake up like, what the heck? No, he wakes up with his prick stuck to his belly. <laughs> 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 no, he doesn't. Uh, he, a couple times he's woken up, but usually, no, he wakes up in the morning and finds it dried on himself. I think the first time it happened, I didn't even know know what it was. I thought something was wrong. How old were you the first time? I had to have been, well, you know, I had to have, I couldn't have been six. I was jacking off regularly at that point. I had to have been maybe an early teenager. Yeah. Um, you know, I may, my first orgasm, thinking back, my first orgasm may have been while I was asleep. And I, I don't remember waking up for it, but I remember waking up and having the mess, right. you know, the, and, and wondering, it was kind of discolored and... I thought I wet myself, but I thought That's something was wrong because it was, it was discolored. Yeah, so uh, I remember thinking that must oh have been kind of well, scary. It, it was, you know, you didn't. It's you not know, what pee. the heck what the happened? Hell is it? That was that was yeah. I never heard of exactly. such a thing. I think I must have. Yeah. Been, I've been trying to associate that with, with the dates or the eight my age when other things happened. I think I must have been fourteen mm. when you and first. Think, yeah, yeah. I think I was. I either had to be. I know I was at least thirteen and a half. And uh, and maybe so you 14. weren't you, you weren't masturbating by, by that point. No, no, I that was that would would have been my first ejaculation, huh. and I didn't know what was going on. And I like Josh, I I was concerned about it, and uh, and I think I told my parents that I had wet my bed. Yeah. And for all the world, they behaved as though they hadn't the foggiest idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my mother may not have. Uh, no. Right. But that's well another could... story. <laughs> well, there's it's it's you know recent generations that have started talking about these things. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that she didn't know. Right, and it may have been it may or may not have been something that your father ever experienced. You know, if not everybody gets them. And for some people, God forbid they should talk about it. It must yeah. have happened three or four or five times at least before the next time I happened to be scheduled to to go for a regular uh, doctor's visit. Mm-hmm. And I get, think it came up in the course of the consultation with the doctor. He and probably knew what he knew was going, what was going on. He did know what was going on. And he told you? Your mother's like, <laughs> he's wet in his bed. <laughs> and and he, I think he told my mother at, at that time to, that uh, that she needed to get me a book about sex. I'm still waiting oh, for the book. okay. <laughs> You're still waiting I'm for the book. Still waiting. <laughs> well, now you got a whole website about sex. You know, you know, what do you need a book for? And I think uh, <laughs> it was a while yet before I discovered masturbation and i don't think i ever had a, a wet dream again after that really hmm. yeah i remember around the period of time it may have been around easter time or halloween or something i remember i i had eaten a lot of chocolate and because i thought i had peed myself although it was dried by the time i found it and it seemed discolored i assumed I remember now, I assumed that it was like eating too much chocolate. I'd done something to my liver or <laughs> kidney or something. Oh, my God. I remember at the time thinking it was because I ate too much chocolate. 
if that's not the wackiest thing. And, and like Alan, I probably had three or four of them in in the course, and and you know, then I haven't had them as an adult. Really, I've probably come close a few times as an adult, but I'll wake up, you know, having a good dream and uh, finish take care of business. Right. I'm a night owl. I could wake up in the middle of the night and take care of business and go right back to sleep. Wow. <laughs> now, do women get them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Zane Zane had actually posted. I think that she did, and I do not often. You do, but what's your uh, what's your frequency? First memory of it? Oh God! Um, now remember, your mom's listening. <laughs> she didn't raise me, so it's okay. <laughs> um, I I don't remember when. Oh, you know what? I haven't had many. But the first one that I remember was because of an erotic dream, and I was fairly older. I was in my 20s. I was probably 23. So it was after you'd gone down in the gully. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I had an erotic dream about a guy that I absolutely hated, and Uh and it actually brought me to completion. I remember that. And that's the first one I remember. A Sam and Diane thing going on there. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I woke up and I was like, oh my God, you know, the whole body's jello. And, and then I started thinking about it. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> I never remember any of my dreams, so I have no idea whether I had good dreams to go with my uh, wet dreams or not. No. Yeah, who you were dreaming about. You'll never know. Nope. Steve, Steve has said that he remembers. What's that your husband remembers? Mm-hmm. I remember some dreams, not all of them. I'm sorry that Michael missed this topic because well, he had posted a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, two that... years ago, he started a poll in a thread called Night Jizz to the question of, have you ever had a wet dream? And 73% of the people who responded said yes, and 27% said no. Another question was, do you still have them, and if so, how often? 26% said they never had one. 4% a lot. 14% a couple of times a year. 3% once a year. 23% rarely. And 30% know they've stopped. Of course, our you know we have a broad range of age of, uh, of members, so it's difficult mm-hmm. to, to know whether that's associated with, with age or not. Uh, are they a blessing or inconvenience? 36% said a little of both. 30% says it's a blessing, I love them. 9% said hate having to, cl- <laughs> to change the sheets, a real inconvenience. And 25% said, poor me, never had one. Well, if I remember the gist of Michael's post is that he'd never had one, and he was real curious, and he was trying to have one. And I, I did read some people uh, that had tried to have tried to have them, and you know, I don't think it's one of those things you can, you can have control over. But um, a lot of people think if they restrain themselves from sex or masturbation for a while, they may have them involuntarily. But um, in that thread, that, that thread that Michael started, Billy Buck wrote in a post – that as a teen from 13 through 17 or 18, had them just about every night, even though I masturbated a couple of times a day at least. Loved the sensation. The feeling of gushing seemed more intense and prolonged than when doing it awake. Hated it, too, because of the mess I'd have to clean up. Wet dreams slacked off in the 20s and 30s, but I still have them a couple times a year. Same feeling, more intense. Shooting is like in slow motion or something. And then Zane Blue, as I was saying earlier, she wrote, I've said this before, I have the female equivalent of a wet dream two or three times a week. Lord knows it has nothing to do with frequency of sex or orgasm. One of the perks of being female. These these are some horny members we have here, really. (laughs) (laughs) Beta Male 04 writes, I have been having wet dreams since puberty. I am now 40 and still have them. As far as what circumstances precede them... I can tell you that the longer I go without getting off, the more likely I am to have a wet dream. For me, the limit is about six days. If I don't come from either jacking off or having sex with someone for six days, I will probably have a wet dream. If I wait seven days, there's probably a 99% chance that I will have one. So maybe if you guys try this, you'll have one. Good luck. (laughs) And Ka Loku Loku writes from Hawaii, When I was a teenager, I used to have wet dreams once a week at least, even though I masturbated regularly. They always were accompanied by erotic dreams, and I would awake on my belly with a wet spot under me. Someone mentioned that in erotic dreams, the climax seems longer, and the feeling of semen spurting feels like huge amounts are coming out in slow motion. My mom didn't say anything about it. I think she must have been warned by my dad about it. Now that I'm a lot older, I still get wet dreams regularly, but maybe once or twice a month. I travel a lot for my job in the construction industry, 
and I get embarrassed when I get a wet dream and leave a big stain on the hotel sheet. I wonder what the cleaning crew thinks when they find it and smell that mushroomy scent. So I bundle up the sheets and leave them on the floor, hoping they'll just throw them in the laundry bin. (laughs) As as a former housemaid, let me in a hotel. Let me thank you. Now, actually, now I know when people do that. Now you now you got ideas about what's what's been happening. Get big now writes in the same thread. I actually didn't have a wet dream until I was a freshman in college. I was afraid of being caught masturbating by my roommate, and I didn't want to do it in the public bathroom, so I just restrained myself. I was in a long-distance relationship with a girl from back home at the time, so I couldn't get it on with anyone either. So after a month of being ridiculously horny, I had a wet dream. (laughs) I don't remember much of the dream, and unfortunately I slept through the orgasm. When I woke up in the morning, the front of my shorts were soaked with cum to the point that I was sticking to my sheets. Truth be told, I felt gypped. I didn't get the satisfaction of experiencing the orgasm and had to do a load of laundry on top of it all. (laughs) I have only had one other since then, but I actually remember the dream, and it was a good one. And again, it was only after abstaining for about a month. Generally, guys who come often, which I do, don't experience wet dreams because your body doesn't need to clean the pipes. (laughs) And probably our horniest member, Bear. <laughs> Love you, Bear. Love you, Bear. Writes. <laughs> yeah, writes. And Bear's in his 70s, I believe. Bear writes that, uh, I don't think there is any pattern to wet dreams, and some guys never have them. They are not really dreams at all, but as someone said, the need for the body to ejaculate. They do happen during REM, and therefore most people assume that they are dreams. They need not be erotic dreams. The conventional wisdom is that you will have a wet dream if you don't masturbate. As some have indicated, that is not the case. The last wet dream I had, I was about 35, married, and having all the sex I wanted. I still had a wet dream during the night. That was the last one I had. They started about 15 years of age, and so continued on and off for 20 years. The whole time I was in the Army, even though there was no sex, I did not have a wet dream. Hmm. Do you find it hard to believe that Bear was in the Army and didn't have any sex? (laughs) (laughs) All those soldier boys? Come on, Bear, don't ask, don't tell. You're allowed to tell now. Once you're not in the Army anymore, you can tell. (laughs) David B. adds, For those who've never had wet dreams, it's also called nocturnal emission slash ejaculation. It's hard to explain how incredibly powerful the climax is. If you remember your first masturbation, wasn't it infinitely better than what you feel now? Well, that's Mm. as close to describing the earth-shattering orgasm as I can tell. Uh. My wet dreams were so much better than the best sex I've ever had. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I, you know what? I gotta agree with that because that dream that I had with that person <laughs> that I hate, I remember it because that was such a fucking incredible orgasm. <laughs> and it disgusts hmm. me that it was over him. It disgusts me, yeah. you know. So I'm, I'm traumatized. <laughs> but I do remember now, the orgasm. Yeah, if I would have had to post, or if I would have had to have bet what post would get you Twitter painted. That was the one that I thought would do a good job. Are you serious? <laughs> no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you notice I assigned Diane the ones to read that would most likely turn around. I love you. <laughs> well, and Barappa writes, trying to correlate all this stuff on stomach, no, not always, after prolonged abstinence, no, not always, full bladder, no, not always, erotic dream, No, not always. I'm not sure there's any rhyme or reason to it. I'm sure the moon has an effect, too, but I've never paid much attention. I've noticed a wrinkle not mentioned. A few times in the past few years, I've had a particularly intense wet dream and awakened to discover that I didn't even have a hard-on. Steve had that happen once. So I did come. My wet dreams in recent years seem more intense than before, and more intense than any waking sex I can recall. More of a whole-body orgasm that reverberates through every part of my body, sometimes multiple (laughs) orgasms, and wakes me up gasping for breath, with my heart pounding, exhausted and feeling in total awe of the experience. It's kind of like being run over by a truck in a good way. (laughs) I only recall a couple of times that I didn't ejaculate, but in all other respects it was a complete and completely devastating orgasm. More recently, I have little recollection of a dream or storyline or person preceding it. It seems that when I do have erotic dreams, I rarely have wet dreams. When I awaken after a wet dream, despite all the body exertion, pounding heart, racing pulse, shortness of breath, 
There is never any sense of muscle tenseness anywhere, rather the opposite. I feel like my bones have dissolved and all of my muscles are unusually mushy, fluid and thick. Maybe the orgasm is just so intense it leaves me feeling like mush. That damn truck. (laughs) I don't bother with cleanup these days. I don't usually have to pee. Afterwards, I usually lay there dumbfounded, thanking God for the ride, and as my pulse and breathing return to normal and the last vestiges of orgasmic electrons dance around in deepest nooks of my psyche, I fall into a deep sleep. (laughs) You'd think at the least a body could plan for such ecstasy. On the other hand, perhaps it's just as well that I can't plan on it. I don't think my body would last very long if I underwent that every day. Seems to be very close to a heart attack or a truck. <laughs> Great pose. That sums it up. Yeah. I think I think most people do agree that it's uh it's definitely a more intense sensation. Mm-hmm. And it seems that unfortunately not everybody gets them and I'm I'm sorry that Michael couldn't attend tonight cuz I was sort of counting on him in in all his posts uh in this thread. He was still wishing to have one, and I, that was a couple of years ago. So I wonder if he if he's ever had one yet. I hope so. Michael will have to let us know next week. But it's just one of those things. It's like, how can you force yourself to have one? No, of those? I can't. I can't see. Yeah, I unless so. you you read a bunch of erotica before going to sleep. Yeah, a few days of abstinence followed by uh, just before bed, reading some erotica, maybe. Yeah. Right. Read some penthouse letters and yep. then go to sleep. So I guess those are things that will increase the factors. <laughs> well, we'll have try. to be more conscious now. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a try. And you know, I've gone a couple of weeks without masturbating on vacation. Actually, when I come home, I usually can't wait to till I even go to sleep. I usually have to, <laughs> after a week or more, take care of business before I even go to sleep. So maybe I'm getting ready to go on vacation. Maybe when I come back from vacation, I'll have to save it up and sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Now, if you're, now if you're in bed asleep with a partner. And your partner jerks you off while you're asleep. Does that count as a wet dream? I don't know. I wouldn't have those problems. I don't have a partner. (laughs) Neither do I. I I mean, that's why I ask. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Well, I guess if you're dreaming and it's wet. (laughs) No, I don't think that's how it works, guys. (laughs) Oh, okay. I don't know how this works. Exactly. (laughs) Hot. That's so hot. That's hot. Diane really liked this show. You've been listening to member-supported Mesurrection Radio. Well, that's all the time we've got for tonight. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did and as much as Diane did. (laughs) We want you to participate in Mesurrection Radio. We will play your voicemails and read your emails on the air. Our dick phone is toll-free in the U.S. and Canada. Call 1-877-922-DICK. That's one 877-922-3425. Or you can send us an email to radio at measurection.com. And don't forget to visit us on the web at www.measurection.com slash radio. That's M-E-A-S-U-R-E-C-T-I-O-N dot com slash radio. And of course you can record a sound file on your computer and attach that to an email and send it to us at the email address that Josh mentioned. We love audio. Absolutely. And that reminds me, a few weeks ago we did the uh, the Pump Up the Volume show, mm-hmm. and we put the challenge out that we want to do a show on masturbation methods. And we want you to write to us or call us on the dick phone and describe how you masturbate. This will be the show that will send Diane through the roof. <laughs> Diane's going to fall out of her chair live on the air. We've got we've gotten a few sound clips so far. We've gotten some posts and... We've got and, uh, some we're good posts. Of course, I'm not privy to the sound clips, but the posts, right. I'm, I'm been, I love E-Boy. I love E-Boy. We He's are, my friend uh, Jerry, E-boy. good old Jerry. A couple other people on there have, have uh, just dove in and given for the cause. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are anxious to hear that show, and we would like to get a little bit more feedback. So Please. Uh, if you guys could uh, go ahead and send those, what we call masturbation methods. Tell us how you do it. Please into our phone number or email. We will uh, be doing that show very soon. Thank you to all of our listeners and our visitors. And, Sean, we miss you. Good luck editing this one together. (laughs) And I think that's it. I think so. Another one bites the dust. I miss Sean.
Hey everyone, this is uh, Anthony uh, James Peach on the forum. Uh, just decided to leave you guys a message here and tell you a little story. Uh, the other day I had to go to the doctors. Uh, you know, when I woke up in the morning, penis was orange. And I had no idea what was wrong, so I went to the doctor. Uh, told the doctor what was wrong. Took me into the office. He said, you know what? I gotta see it so I can give you a diagnosis. But he says, I've never heard of it turning orange before. So he dropped the pants and he looked at it and he said, wow, I've, I've never seen that happen before. What did you do? And I said, well, nothing really out of the ordinary. Uh, the only thing I can remember doing is uh, watching porn and eating Cheetos. Well, anyways, I uh, just wanted to give a little shout out to... To all the, the staff at Mesurrection and Mesurrection Radio, and we'll talk to you guys later. Hello, hello, baby. How's the babies? Hello. Oh, it's nice to see you. Oh, is it? See, my dog just jumped up. <laughs>